Pro Jared's a dick. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, that's a different tangent. Um, <laughs> We're going to try not to do Pokemon Get tangents. Get back to one. it. Oh, no. It's going to happen because I already oh, have no. the next topic of conversation. Oh, God. <laughs> no, but uh, the Twi'leks have dialogue, and it's funny because even though the words are all different, obviously, because, mm-hmm. you know, conversations, sure. the words they say are all the same. Oh, Because sure, it's sure. like, I don't think there's an actual language for them. Like, mm-hmm. there, like oh, there's an actual Klingon language. Like, I don't think they have an actual language. Like, did, did they no, ever create one? He speaks, yeah, Bib Fortuna speaks it in uh, they have Return of the Jedi. Ro- what is the... Mm. Rodian? The... The Rodian was... They have like their own language, too. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. they actually have language. And it was flushed out. The huts have their own language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, not... Yeah, it's or something It's like not that. as, like, in-depth as, like, uh, Klingon or Elvish. Mm-hmm. But they have, like, an actual, like, set of... Like a structure. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But maybe, maybe back in the early Xbox days, they didn't have one yet. But, uh... Yeah, oh, it was just too much audio, and they just fucked it. <laughs> it was a lot of audio. Ooh, the Twilight women, baby. Whew. Whew. Always hookers. Always. <laughs> Those poor girls. But, I mean, you do have uh, other, other like, main characters, too, like Baba D. Flats. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, Baba D. Flats is not a real Star Wars character. <laughs> what kind of fucking name is that? Oh, man. <laughs> But anyway, Sorry, I can't. I can't. I can't, stop, <laughs> I can't stop going back to. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh man. I'm listening. All right. In case anybody's wondering, there's a channel we watch. We don't. I mean, we don't watch it per se. But uh, actually, you probably put more Andy views on that it, channel than anyone. Andy watches it at least once a day. At least once a day. It's called Airsoft Fatty. Is the name of the channel. And just Google's or YouTube search Jedi Conceal Meeting. Yes, that's, that's right. Not, yeah, conceal. C O N C E A L. Conceal as if I'm concealing my identity from you. Yes. Jedi conceal and you'll fu- it's priceless. Oh, it's it's so funny. It's so funny. There that's where a lot of our one-liners have been coming from lately is that Don't say ours. Well, I'm, but me and Paul. I was just like it's, yeah, me and uh, Andy go back and forth a lot with it. <laughs> It's just so funny. Yes. Oh God. One guy is just such a typical stoner. Oh, man. he's so high <laughs> off. Like he's so high off his ass. Wow. Oh, it's so funny, and he's just, just sitting there staring. It's like, <laughs> oh God. So obviously, as you guys know, uh, the Pokemon movie came out. I, I I know you said you didn't want to speak about Pokemon, but. Uh, the Pokemon Detective Pikachu movie came out. What was that? Last week, the week before? Uh, I don't last remember. Friday. Yep. Last Friday. Um, I still, I haven't seen it. Obviously, I haven't yet either. I plan on going to see it next week or next weekend from from this recording or whatever. But um, I, I want your guys. We watched the trailers, obviously, you and I and us. Um, the more I watched it, like I was excited about it at first, and now like the more I'm looking at the models of the Pokemon, I'm like. The more you're well, not liking it? The more I'm not liking it, because no. everything looks fuzzy. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very strange. Like, uh, the way they animated them, like, everything looks hairy. If You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, but I'm, I, it's just an artistic style. I, I guess. Mewtwo doesn't. No? Charizard doesn't. No, even Charizard looks weirdly hairy. Like, everything's, like, fuzzy looking. It could just be the way that they animated it. 
I mean, maybe, yeah. or it could be the compression of whatever video you're watching, and or what you were seeing it. Yeah, because you were watching it like online or something like that. It, that could have been it. Yeah, it could have been, I suppose. Not, but yeah, it might be different in a the theater. But I heard the movie is super good, though. All I all I heard is so it's it's based on the game Detective Pikachu, right? And it was not able to. So it just opened up last Friday. It was not able to overtake Avengers. Endgame. <laughs> no office. shit. No. Well, yeah. but Avengers has already been in theaters for like three weeks. You'd think that it would start kind of dropping down, especially with Detective Pikachu and I mean, people wanting like getting into that. Can anything really beat that movie at this point? To be quite honest, I knew yeah, it was John Wick will kill it tonight. I I know it won't. I knew it was gonna be <laughs> as much a, as I wanted to. Uh, it was gonna be a powerhouse. A movie. powerhouse movie. I never would have foreseen that it literally overtook. Titanic as the second most like, highest grossing movie. Domestically, I think only. No, 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 worldwide. because no, I'm pretty sure, pull up the thing, mm. it, when fully adjusted for inflation, it's not in the top three worldwide. Domestically it is, as, as far as I'm aware. I think you're wrong. Avenger. <laughs> you're always wrong, Paul. Aven- I so I know you saw it. I did. You saw it last weekend. You've seen it? Right? Yes. Of course I saw it. It's on opening weekend. I don't care to see it. So did I'll you, let you guys discuss a little bit. Pay, Sorry. Did you pay $5,000 for your, your ticket for opening day? <laughs> no, I went Saturday instead of Friday. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they were saying, like, tickets for uh, for opening day in, like, places like New York and Los Angeles, like, tickets were selling for, like, $10,000 on eBay. I'm like, why would you be that stupid? Like, you literally want to pay this much just to go see it opening day? I, maybe if I had more money than brains, but... That could be. But yes, from what I, I heard, like within two weeks, it had already grossed over $2 billion. And it's now the only movie that's, that has grossed more is Avatar, but I can tell you right now... It's close to kicking this is This is going to kick Avatar out. It's, and I think it's going to gross through. The only years. thing is, like, the numbers I had seen for Avatar <clears throat> didn't include the second run or something like that. Because Avatar came back to theaters yes, multiple yeah. times. Yes, it did. So I, the numbers I had seen don't include those. And one thing that was... Um, Can you find it? Yeah, I did. Okay. I, don't I'm think, for you. I don't think that Avatar ran in 2D either. I think it was only in 3D, which would have like artificially pumped up yeah. its, its, like, its yeah. numbers. So. Uh, so according to this, Avengers Endgame is currently the third highest grossing movie of all time at the domestic box office. $738 million in 20 days behind Avatar, which has 760 and Star Wars The Force Awakens at $937 million. I can't believe that that one made that much. John Wick 3 box office to dethrone Avengers Endgame. Huh. I was saying, if you adjust for inflation and stuff, too, so, other so stuff. Domestic, but that's, so domestic, it's yes. the third highest, but worldwide, it's the second highest. Yeah, it's worldwide's also, yeah. Yeah, let me look up, let me look up worldwide. Because I remember them saying that it, that it, uh, it kicked, um, Titanic out of, uh, out of number two, and the only one that it's, that it's behind is Avatar. Oops, I said which, worldwide. Which, when you think about it, Avatar, like, I remember that one being in theaters for, like, months. Like months. Like it was two, one of the months. movies that was like the exception, not the rule. Yeah. Type thing. Because, yeah, it was in theaters for very long. It took forever for it to release on DVD and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then yeah. and then it came back to theaters for multiple runs. Mm-hmm. So. What? Uh, let's see. Avengers Endgame is nothing less than a world. You know, who cares? It smashed all kinds of box office records on its run to the $2 billion mark. At this point, Endgame has climbed to the number two spot on the highest grossing films of all time, leaving just one more to beat Avatar. Mm-hmm. Avatar is $2.8 billion, 
And Avengers is at 2.4 at this point. And it's when only... was that article written? Uh, or... May 15th. Okay. And it's only, it literally has only been in theaters for like three weeks now. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's, I know it's, you yeah, know, like since, you it, since know, April 26th, I'm not gonna, I think. Yeah. A, a big portion of it, like China, I guess, the, like all their theaters were selling out, but that's also where the biggest, like, um, pirating market is. Oh, is it really? Oh. So they're, like, they're specu- like, they can't confirm it because obviously no one's in those theaters to check it, but uh, they were saying that basically that it's because, like, the Chinese theaters kept selling out and... There were people recording it and doing, like, getting copies of it. And oh, sure, sure. Getting so, it for the, for the bootleg. For pirating, and yeah, stuff like that. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, But then again, all the big movies that have go, like, actually can be shown in China, that kind of happens to them mm-hmm. anyways, so. It's pretty crazy, though. It's, like oh, yeah, they say, totally. it's one of the, it's a cinematic milestone. So, but actually, that, um... That reminds me, though, uh, speaking of you talking about Detective Pikachu and how you don't like the, the Pokemon because they are they have that fuzzy, carry yeah, yeah. tinge to it. What did you think of the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was the most hilarious-looking cinema I've ever seen, and so I want to put it on our band movie night list when it comes out. So, okay, so you can laugh all you want. <laughs> I, I do oh my God. I do agree with everybody that Sonic looked a little bit too human for his own. He good. looks ridiculous. He looked pretty bad. <laughs> he looked really bad. Yes. However, Eggman looked pretty good. Doctor Robotnik, Jim Carrey as Doctor Robotnik. I was perfect. I was. I was skeptical about. I was him. skeptic, and especially when I when they first. Um, in the beginning, they show him like with hair. He looks all like, like yeah. Kempt and stuff like that, and. Um, and I thought, why does he have hair? And it's like, oh, frickin' Jim Carrey probably just insisted that he would not go bald for this role. And as it's going on, you can see him getting more and more kind of disheveled and, and more, like, well, and then he more to... robotic. And then at the very end, he puts on the goggles, and he's got the really big, bushy uh, uh, mustache, and he is bald. And I'm just like, he's literally the spinning image of... Dr. Other Robotnik. size-wise. Dr. Yeah. Ivo Robotnik. Yeah. He's not as fat as, as he is in the games, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. It's, to be honest, it's one of those things where, eh, that's not... That's Some... never been a major aspect of him. It's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I just thought it looked ridiculous. But, uh, but I, it made me think of that because Sonic was... like He actually, when I first saw that, he actually did have that appearance where it's almost like that furry, but... I guess he's supposed to be furry, but it's yeah, almost I mean, like I don't know. It's like there was something just off about like the the, the way the texture of him. Yeah. My biggest question with it is like they, due to how big the backlash was for he looks like shit, change him. Mm-hmm. They are going through and re-editing the entire movie. How much is that going to cost them? I honestly, at this point, I don't see how that movie can make money. I do you know how big the Sonic fan base really is. The is Sonic it, fan it base, big, it's enormous. Is it? People love the fuck out of Sonic. How many shitty games of Sonic have come out and they're still making them? Yeah, but it And people mean, still love them. I do, no. Yes. No. But no, no, no. But see, do they love them 
because they're Sonic games, or do they love them for the train wreck that Sonic is? They love them ironically. Okay. Oh. But that's still a fan base. Yeah, that's like people both. who love cult horror movies that aren't by any means objectionably good. Yeah, I suppose. You know what I mean? And Sonic is kind of falls into that where mm. it's such a disaster. It's so bad it's I good. just want to watch it. <laughs> And you have those diehard fans that just love that shit. But I know that they scored huge points in the public's eyes and the We're fans. We're saying, hey, we listen to you. It's, mm-hmm. it, basically, there was a, a large backlash of, like, why does Sonic look this way? He looks ridiculous. He looks too human. He actually looks creepy. And Jesus, basically, creepy the, director, the director went on social media and said, you've spoken. We've listened to you. We are going to take this into account and we are going to make this the best movie that we can and we're going to fix it for you guys this movie comes out in november like that's holy hardly, shit that's hardly any time to fix well this. actually wow. th- there was one little like conspiracy theory i had heard about the movie was that they released a trailer that used his early footage and design oh gotcha so that they could release it be get the backlash and then they look like look, heroes. Look like good heroes. guys by, actually, by saying, hey, no, no, we heard you. We changed him. but And, like, not tell anyone that this is old already, footage yeah, that he already, doesn't even look like that it's anymore. It's already changed. Yeah, that's actually what I thought at first, too, is because at, at first you see how bad he actually looks. And I'm like, you know what? They're probably sitting pretty. Like, all they would have to do is just say, like, oh, sorry, guys. Like, yeah, we'll we'll fix this for the real movie. It's like, no it actually is already fixed. It's just that they want to kind of be the heroes mm-hmm. in the in the the, the the whole you know any press is good opinion. press. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I did like how he how like the effects look like when he ran like the the sparks and shit oh, yeah. going through the spines. Oh, yeah. Like that looked really cool. Mm-hmm. Like I like the idea Leaving of the it. Spines behind and stuff like that. The weird yeah. thing was him but, with the teleporting ring. Well, of course, but I mean they had to incorporate rings in there somehow. Oh, right? Yeah, I know. I wonder if there did the they say something emeralds? about chaos emeralds I don't in there. Know. I, I don't I didn't recall really... them saying anything about Chaos Emeralds. You would think I, they'd have it's to. It's got to have to. It's, it's got to be a, a, a... I mean, part. the Chaos Emeralds are centric to damn near every Sonic game. You'd have you to. You mean the Infinity Stones? Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> because that's much. all they are. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah they really are. Yeah, but... The first the first Sonic came out in 1990? So for the Master System, right? You know what? Actually, no, no, well, it's... No, the first one was for uh, Sega. They just they did a yeah. port of it for the second Master System. Oh, but second I Genesis always thought was the, the first one. I always thought the Master System came first. No, I never remember. No, no, no. It's just, it was it's like like what they do with like Mario games where it's like it'll come out on multiple systems and stuff. Oh, that's what they did with Sonic. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but I if that came out in 1990, I really want to say that Infinity Gauntlet came out in 1991. <gasps> so that means that the Chaos Emeralds actually do predate. The Infinity and they have no appearance yes. prior to that. I don't think so. I don't. Uh, there was um, the uh, Thanos Quest was like a two issue series, like a forty eight uh, page, like each issue prestige format. Um, and I think that that was the first appearance of the of the uh, Infinity Gems. So I think maybe. What? Any no references to him before that or anything? So. I don't think so because that was a Jim Starlin thing. And that was that really pretty much kicked off Infinity Gauntlet. That cocksucker. He's in the movie. Yes, I do. Okay, I, I pointed it out. He yeah, played Sonic the Hedgehog and was like, you know what? These are pretty freaking cool. 
<laughs> so there you guys go. This fucking endgame bullshit. You can thank Sonic for it. Yep, actually you can. Thanks Sonic that's, the fucking Hedgehog. That's, that's where, yeah, Chaos Emeralds No, I definitely want to dig into that and see it. No. <laughs> they were the basis for the Infinity Gems, which were then in turn the uh, inspiration for the Infinity Stones of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't know why they changed them from gems to stones. Yeah, what to say? Wasn't it wasn't War of the Gems or whatever? Well, well War of the Gems was, was the Super Nintendo game. Not to mention, in okay. MCU, they they're Infinity not gems. really stones or gems. They're whatever they want to be. They're just like rocks. Well, but that's, you gotta remember, the, the Aether has no form. It's that red goo like energy thing. It can take whatever shape it wants. It's like that red goo. <laughs> Nasty goo. Look at these white goo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the goo that's underneath the streets of New York in <laughs> Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> that was just from pure, Taco Bell. Pure concentrated evil, <laughs> aka Taco Bell. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that was a good start to this episode. Holy <laughs> shit. But anyway, uh, so Free Comic Book Day happens the first Saturday of May every year. Every year. Uh, Paul and I go to our local comic book store. We set up a booth. We our local what? Comic book store. Oh, okay. What'd you think I said? Just being an idiot. It's just the way that you said it. Our local a comic book store. Like you had something in the mouth when you were saying it. Yeah. I'm not saying it was a dick, but it was a dick. It could be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good times. <laughs> Always glad to have you on, Kevin. <laughs> but we set up a booth there. We have people come and play Nintendo and relive childhood memories and. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that, like just we have a good time. We we promote the channel, obviously, because what would be the point? Um, Other than just interacting with people and being kind uh, to others and people uh, making uh, their day special <laughs> by getting to relive their childhood. Yeah, that's what with their children. We always get the common mistake that we sell things there for some reason. People always think we're selling Nintendo games. I know, I I know. We need to like. We need to, like, set up a booth there to, like, actually we, sell shit. We do not sell things. We do not sell these games. Like, that guy almost ripped the cartridge right out of the system for some oh reason. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't believe he did that. That was funny. Oh, the... So, that poor so kid. Let me, so, let me refer... Or, preface this. Preface. Preface. Preface this. Um, so, we we had somebody who was playing Super Mario Brothers 3. They were having a really good time. And this guy just walks up, and he's like, oh, hey, look at that. What's that? And he literally grabs the Super Mario Brothers 3 cart while it's in the system, while it's on, while the kid's playing it, and he tries to pull it out, which, of course, causes the system to crash and, and the game has to be restarted. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, have you ever played a Nintendo before? Like, do you not know how this works? It was really funny. Like, oh, God. Like, I, you could see the light, right? Yeah. The light's on. Clearly, this kid is playing it next to you, mm-hmm. and he was just—I mean, he struggled to pull it out because my Nintendo is kind of janky. It's, yeah, it's janky. And he was really tugging on it. I'm like, "What? I, I should have said something." I but I was too, so, but I'm just like, I, I'm so like, <laughs> you're, dumb, you're dumbfounded there at that yeah. point. And you're like, "Is this I was reality?" So taken aback. I'm like, "What are you like? What's what are happening you right now? Like, you can't possibly be trying to pull this game out, dude. Are you are you shitting on my chest right now? What are you doing? Like, <laughs> it's like, what the fuck?" But it was it was something. But uh, but anyway, that's what we do. Um, and it's just it's a really good time. We always have an extremely. What are your experiences with it, Paul? I'm I'm all flustered. Honestly, I know they the the people that own the the comic shop that we go to. Are we 
saying their name or yeah sure yeah, okay. absolutely it's so we go to rockheads are the local comic shop and they love paul's been going there for years to buy comics i have those every over, month. So, over 10 years wow so and even before they were at the location they're currently at mm -hmm. so but like they really love having us there and uh, like i know basically as soon as it's over they're like so you guys are gonna, gonna, gonna be here next year for it and stuff like that mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. It's always a blast. Yeah. I'm I'm not a huge comic book guy, but I I love just the atmosphere of being there. Mm -hmm. The people that come in really are extremely nice. Even the the people who run the store are always extremely welcoming and friendly, and we we absolutely love that. And stuff. they gave us cookies. They oh, did. Yeah. And sloppy <laughs> joes, baby. And, uh, and they gave us food. And uh, yeah, our free comic book day shirts actually didn't even have to pay for them too. Rockheads was uh, yeah. they they gave us uh, those shirts for free. So. Um, but yeah, Rockheads, I've been going there for years, but it's just, it's so, it's such a welcoming environment where mm -hmm. it really feels like when you get to know the people there and the people who are working there, like they treat everybody, as, like their customers, even just guests, they treat them like family. Um, it's almost like you're, you're, you're just kind of having a conversation with somebody who you're really it's close like you're to. going to your aunt and uncle's house exactly, almost. exactly and that's actually yeah. one of the reasons i like rockheads compared to some of the other comic shops i've been in like you go into some comic shops and they always had like the people working there and stuff always seem like they have that attitude of you know i'm here buy, i'm better than you snobby either that or buy something or get out yeah, yeah. they're very like this mm -hmm. elitist almost mentality but go to rockheads yeah, and it's like going to a family member's house and, you know, getting to see them and do stuff. So it's kind of mm -hmm. nice. It's very... And they try to do what they can to, like, give back to the community, too. I know that Rockheads just started a, uh, a summer readership program oh, yeah, for, for kids, yeah, for kids oh, cool. and young adults, too, where they can basically get a comic book a month that they can read and uh, they can discuss it and they have these huh. like these forums so that they it's can like actually... It's like a book club. Yeah, it's like yeah. a book club. Yeah, mm. but with... Yeah, it's almost with the, the Pizza Hut style. <laughs> book it. <laughs> oh, and, uh, awesome. Yeah, they also work to, what is it, Kindred Kitties? Yeah. All the time. They're, yeah, they're... they're uh, they support Kindred Kitties. They've done a lot of, uh, of charity events for Kindred Kitties mm -hmm. raising money for, uh, for that, for the, um, for the animal shelters. Um... So, I mean, it's just, they're, they're such a good place. And, yeah, like you said, I mean, when they, they always, they appreciate our, uh, the, the time and investment that we put into just being there when mm -hmm. it truly feels like we're the ones who are honored and so uh, full of, of gratitude and, and so thankful that they want us there yeah. every yeah. year. Because we've just, ever since we did it the, the first year, um, we've just had an absolute blast with it, and it's been oh, yeah. such a great experience. Yeah, we've done giveaways, and mm -hmm. I, I remember when the Nest Classic came out, and they were extremely hard to find. We managed to get our hands on one, and we raffled one of those off. That was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We've done challenges where people come in. You know, we have a list of challenges, like get so many lines in Tetris, or or we did had the, the Nintendo had a, World Championship. Yep, yep. Um, or last year we did a like a, a versus like challenge yeah. challenge Paul and Andy where it's like play a game that you like or do something where it's yeah it's them going up against us yeah it was really really cool mm -hmm. I really enjoyed doing that but nothing nothing beats and, and I think you guys will agree with me there's something to be said about when a family comes up and the mom and dad be like oh it's fucking Mario Brothers this is the shit we used to play when we were kids you know talking to their children and <laughs> you watch the children try to play it and they are just terrible 
Watching how many which people is, fail which is funny Super Mario Brothers and Punch Out and all these games that we've we grew up with just having to figure out on our mm-hmm. own and these kids just cannot grasp it. Well the funny thing is like like the Nintendo controller is not that far off from like the the Wii controller mm-hmm. or like the Switch controllers mm-hmm. and yet still seeing like little kids who play those systems pick up an NES controller and look at it like it is the most foreign object in the world. It's so complicated like, with the two buttons. Yeah. On. One thing, <laughs> one thing like... I was so blown away at is that hardly any kids, and by hardly I mean I don't think a single kid, was able to get a game started because they didn't press start. <laughs> it, says, it says on the screen, press, press start. start. And I'm like, okay, and now you just have to press the start button. And they're just kind of like looking at the screen then looking down at the control, I'm like, the, the start button's right there in the middle. And it's like, oh, okay, and you push the start button, and then the game gets started. It's like, <laughs> there's literally four buttons on here. Well, yeah, there's it's... A, B, there's start, and select. <laughs> and when it says press start, you push the one that says start. <laughs> Which, it, well, to be fair now, modern games, it'll say press, press start yeah, or, or press, press any button. Yeah, any button, yeah. Yeah, and exactly. it's like, oh, so, come on. So it's, so it's fun to really see the... Um, the generational see, uh, Yeah, difference. the generational yeah. gap of that. But Just the um, disparity between skill. But the, uh, <laughs> no, the, the thing that always gets me and the thing that always makes it so worthwhile is I love the fact that Nintendo, I think more than any system really transcends time because mm-hmm. it really bridges the gap between parents and their kids. Oh, yeah. Because the kids, obviously, they see a video game. They know what a video game is because they've grown up in an era where there's video games all around them. Right. And it's become this humongous juggernaut of an industry that wasn't quite like this when we were kids. No. So now it's something that's mainstream almost not... not too dissimilar from uh, from uh, movies and cinema, and so they know they know a game when they see it. They want to play it just because it's a video game. I want to play it, and their parents will see the video game and they'll think, "Oh my God, this is what I played when I was your age, mm-hmm. and now you get a chance to play it now too." And it's just it's such a good feeling that mm-hmm. it's you've got the parents who remember this as as uh, when they were kids. But now they get to share that with their kids. And then it starts sparking that, hey, you know what? I think we've got our old Nintendo in the basement. You know what? We're going to have to get this out and we'll we'll play it when we get home. And and it's it just kind of opens up that doorway almost to like a different time, a a simpler time and just all around just good feelings associated with it. Just that look on their faces they get when they see that Nintendo and recognize what it is, and they're like, oh, crap, like, this... I haven't seen this in years. I haven't played this game in years. Battletoads! The funny thing is, though, like, as soon as they see the game, though, they instantly recognize what game's on the screen. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out was a big one. Tetris was another big one. Battletoads, a lot of people were like, oh, my God, Battletoads, and they know that it's like, this is the hardest game ever. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really mm-hmm. it's truly rewarding. I I do really love it when people come up and play it, and they're not great at it sometimes, I do but also, they still enjoy themselves. It is fun too watching the kids try to play games that don't assist you the way modern games do. Yeah. So like modern like Mario Odyssey compared to like Mario Brothers three, night and Vastly day in terms different. of like difficulty and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So, like, they're so used to how 
the game is basically assisting you the entire time with the newer stuff that they go to the old ones and like they just quickly tap A and just a little short jump right into a pit. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they don't know. Okay, well, I got to do the sprint and hold the button to do the oh jumps and stuff yeah. like that. So there's a there's a, a thing on Facebook on some of the pages. I see it a lot, but it's um shows the most deadly video or the most deadly enemy in video game history, and it shows that very first Goomba in Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> they said this little fucker has claimed more lives from Mario over the years from one people not knowing how to play the game, two people not paying enough attention, or three just because he's there and you don't expect it. Mm-hmm. And they said over the years that that little guy has probably killed more people than any other game in, or any other enemy in history. Well, <laughs> it's it's so funny because uh one of the I don't know what what uh, who it was, but it was somebody with Nintendo and somebody like higher up um basically went on record saying that um 90% of kids if they played it nowadays would not be able to beat level 1/1 of Super Mario Brothers. Ninety <laughs> percent of people or uh, of gamers children, today, yeah. uh, children would not be able to beat that level. And it's I believe like, it. And it's like, well, as kids, that was obviously that was the first starting level. You learn everything; it becomes one of the easiest levels. But yet, nowadays, like, it's ninety percent of people can't even complete the first level. And you know, I was thinking about that because this is an age like where Fortnite is super big and like mm-hmm. these arena, sh- or these battle royale games and stuff. And it's like. There are these people in them, like the real famous people like Ninja, and you have all these people on like Facebook who Facebook Live themselves playing Fortnite shit. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, there's such a difference in skill that's heralded now compared to when we were young. Like, and I'm willing to bet people like that Ninja and shit, like, I don't think they could do what we're doing. Oh, no. Do you think they could pick up some of these Nintendo games and be as proficient at them as... They are in fucking Fortnite or whatever, and it's like not it's a such ch- a different a mindset well, and a different skill set. Why well, to say it's cultivated different aspects of gaming? Because yeah, the 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 modern like Twitch shooter like people like that that's very it's a very different type of hand eye coordination than, than mm-hmm. what you're gonna you need for playing like Nintendo games. Yeah, and it almost all started with like Halo. Well, it's supposed to be Doom. I really kind of. No, I was actually, I was actually going to say Halo really changed that dynamic because of the fact that games nowadays, you basically finish or, or you you play a game, you die, you just respawn and you come back. Yeah. And Halo is one of the very first games I remember doing that, where it's like if you die, you'll just respawn. You'll just you'll start That's right true. back at the checkpoint. And yeah, there you were can, games with checkpoints prior to that. There, there were, but. But there were checkpoints, and if you died enough times, you basically you got the game over. And so it's like you basically had unlimited chances to beat this. You just had to get through it, basically. Yeah. Hence why Alec, or my younger brother in Bioshock, literally wrenched a big daddy to death because they had things called Vita Chambers. Mm-hmm. As soon as you died, you just popped up in the Vita Chamber, and everything stayed the same. Yeah. Oh, so all geez, the damage yeah. you did, all the people you took out, they're all still gone. So he yeah. would just... Wrench him, get killed, pop back up, go over because, there, hit him again. Because there's no consequence. Well, he just wanted to see what, and like he wasn't doing it just to be like, ah, fine. He was just doing it to see if it was possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, it just happened. Oh yeah. But oh, even sure. even Halo had. I mean, unless you played on what was it, Legendary? I yeah. think was the highest difficulty where things actually did reset. And I actually like the way Halo. I, did that start in Halo Two, where um, if either player died, it reset the entire thing. Or was that in the first I one? I think that was in the first one as well. Because I think that's what made Legendary so hard was 
if one person died, you both had to jump back. I want to say it, it was something that started in two, because I seem to remember a lot in one, my younger brother and I, one guy would just hang back in a safe area, the other guy would run out, kill some shit, get killed, and then you'd, oh, pop, you'd respawn next to him because you're in maybe. a safe area. I don't know. I played, when it, Halo was more maybe of just not. getting together and playing multiplayer for me. Mm -hmm. I really didn't care too much about the single player for it. No. But that was one thing. You're, you're, I feel like Halo kind of pioneered even it, just the FPS genre oh, in general. Well, it, I mean, it, by by no means was it the first FPS. No, no, I mean, no. The, but the it really one, The first one that shot. really kind of put things on the map for first-person shooters, I would say Wolfenstein 3D did. I think so. Because then right after that, maybe a, I, I think it was like a year later, uh, ID Software did Doom. Mm -hmm. And then Doom really, like, even though it was popular, I don't think it had really taken off until Halo came out. Right. And Halo redefined the whole first-person shooter thing. But anyways... Um, I feel like it shot it I don't in know, because like, maybe, even, maybe. like Doom, like Doom caused an entire genre to spawn. Halo didn't. Because after Doom, that was the... The, the format to copy. I mean, like I said, oh, Blood, Hexen. It, it was, but here's here's my thought behind it, is that Doom was... it. it I mean, unless you're talking accessibility, and then, yeah, Halo, I would say Halo for multiplayer. Yeah. And that's what I'm getting at. Okay, then, yes, Doom, yeah, I definitely agree Doom that aspect. definitely, I, I think that was the, the revolutionary first-person shooter. Like, that's the one that, that was insane. Like, it, it put first-person shooters as its own genre... But it was still really only well known in like gaming and oh, PC, it, like PC. But it's like the the people who are gamers, like those were the ones that were just going crazy over this. It wasn't really yeah, widespread. Halo is, and then everything else after that, like like Hexen and Quake, um, that was all just basically clones of of Doom. But then Halo is what really elevated it to like the masses it wasn't just gamers who knew about halo it yeah. was everybody knew about because i hate fps's but even i loved halo like i feel like halo was that game that brought fps's to everybody to everybody and it wasn't just the diehard gamers yeah. or, the, or the pc players and stuff. yeah okay, yeah i suppose in that aspect but in halo also we have microsoft and you know halo to and thank then, for yeah, that's true online multiplayer like even lo like local Correct. Like stuff like that. Halo and essentially they was pioneered a, and pushed the way really, for really online was. for online gaming as a whole. I so. mean, Halo was the progenitor for Call of Duty and all it these really other was, yeah. just pure online like like versus things. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. But I, I, but anyways, how this kind of all wraps around too <laughs> is that people like like how you were saying like Ninja and playing these first person shooters now. It's like they have unlimited chances. They have respawn. They have all this stuff. But yet they can't handle the playing a uh, a game like Battletoads, where you literally have three chances, mm -hmm. and then you have three continues per. Or you you have three chances per continue, and you have three continues. And if you can't beat the game within that, that's it. You start from the beginning, and so a lot of these people like, yeah, you could be the the world's greatest first person shooter of games where you have unlimited chances. Well, try playing something that you don't have unlimited chances. Castle of. Quest. 
<laughs> yeah, but I suppose it would go the same way for you guys, too. Uh, you guys would not survive in any competitive gaming scene anywhere. Oh, God, no. Well... Are you kidding? Here's, well, here's the difference. Outside of maybe you competing with Tetris stuff. Here's, yeah, here's, the, here's the difference, though, of that is, I mean, if there's one thing to kind of play the game just to, to play it to try to beat it. Competitive, I think, is something completely and utterly different. Kind of like speedrunning. Well, but that's yeah. all Fortnite is, is competitive. That's true. Oh, it doesn't actually have its there's, own. No, there's no Fortnite campaign, is there's just no story. Fortnite is just a competitive shooter. That's that's, it. that's where a lot. That's where this current like. Even Call I of Duty is just like an online multiplayer, yeah. like versus There's, death. Well, wasn't stuff. there? Wasn't that one of the big complaints too about Call of Duty, like the most recent one, where there was no campaign mode, or what was was that Battlefield or uh, not Battlefield, no Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront Two didn't have a campaign mode. I people, there was something there will always be recently, something there will always be something people bitch about. Well, so. there was just something recently <laughs> that came out where there literally there was no campaign mode. It, it could have been online. Star Wars. The one. Titanfall games I don't think had a campaign. The first one did, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, uh, but see, I know the Call of Duty games did because mm-hmm. I remember until like Black Ops and stuff yeah. like that. I think those are the ones that that don't have any like campaign modes. Yeah, but I mean that's where this current gen of games is kind of shifting, is towards PvP. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate because, well, well, maybe not unfortunate. No, because there's still plenty of like companies that are doing both. That's so, true. I mean, a great example is uh, Gearbox with Borderlands. While they are encouraging multiplayer, like playing, they still have split local split screen in what? Borderlands Three. Mm. So that's still a thing. They're like one of oh, the only cool. companies that's still yeah. doing it. Has Borderlands ever been a PvP? Well, but it's still it's a. a, a it's still multiplayer based. They want you to. It's like Diablo and stuff, Co-op. where they want you to go with the four player experience and yeah. stuff like that. So they mm. still want you to do that, but they've also got it set up. The entire game is still able to be played on your own instead right, of just right. being only the multiplayer aspect. Right. Whereas most, yeah, most games a lot of, like a lot of stuff is going. Well, you're doing multiplayer and that's it. Now, whether you want to choose to competitive or co-op is where mm-hmm. you can start trying to fine-tune stuff. But a lot of them don't even have a co-op anymore. It's just competitive. Like I said, those Battle Royale games, you have Fortnite, you have Apex Legends, and Overwatch, and they're all just competitive. No, mm-hmm. no. I don't think that any of them have Apex a... Legends, you're on a team of three. But you're still fighting yeah, other you're not, people. You're not, yeah, there's, there's no, no campaign. I don't think there's a campaign. Or, or there's but there's no, no like, like there's no like PVE no. aspect. No, that's what I mean. But it's still I mean. it's still co-op because some of them are still team based. Oh yeah, no, it's I'm, definitely. Yeah, maybe maybe it was the wrong wording, but I meant more of like where it, cooperative to me means cooperative against the computer. Oh, okay. Not cooperative against other people. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's why I, I was huge into Destiny for the longest time is because I loved. I hated Crucible. The PvP <laughs> aspect was absolutely trash. A lot of it could could have been because of the balancing of the game and how it, and it's the same complaint I have with every PvP game I've ever played. It's people are such bitches when they play. It's always got to be I have to have the best stuff and I'm going to be a total asshole to you when you die. Like I'm just going to be a huge prick. There's never anyone that's been nice to me when I play PvP. Like and I'm this the language is going to be a little saucy here, but uh there was one time in Destiny, I remember, I got my ass handed. I was maybe like 3 and 26. <laughs> I was really bad. And I remember as soon as the match was over, I got a message from the, one of the people on the other team, and they said, dude, you really suck at this game. You should stop playing and kill yourself, faggot. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, I was like, first of all, I'm not the only player on the team. And I'm like, 
you're taking this game that fucking seriously and ever since then I'm like dude I am not playing PvP that's my for big, anything that's my big thing like, like people are such trash look at the Smash community yeah. Smash Brothers is one of the most toxic communities to play in well wasn't it uh, League of Legends is the only one that I can think of that's I worse mean, wasn't <laughs> it oh my god wasn't it Halo cause I had never heard about this uh, before Halo but it's like when uh, somebody dies the, the whole teabagging yeah thing? but that was just funny <laughs> But I'm just saying, though, it's like, it's the same thing. Well, it's like I kind think, of rubbing it in somebody's well, face, like, killing them. See, and that's, but there was always, to be honest, even, like, back on any, like, when you played against your brother, like, your brother or anything like that, did you guys ever, sm like, trash talk <laughs> while playing in the same room? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, that's all that was, was just the next step, but, like, it's just one of those things where that line has been gradually pushed so far mm -hmm. that if you're not being, like, an absolute extreme like level of it it's basically people just uh, flat out ignore it and stuff like that now because mm -hmm. it's just one of those things well well it's there yeah there's never a middle ground yeah. it's either no. you're so basic at the game that it, it's not even fun because all you're doing is getting pitted up against these pros mm -hmm. and it's like i know there are certain um there are certain games that'll actually it has like a level system where you face people of your same rank but even then like you're still going to encounter those people that are just well, I'm just I'm a professional, but I'm just gonna start a new thing, and now I'm just gonna kill yeah. a bunch of newbies. Like, mm -hmm. and it's like that. Kind of, I I absolutely just hate playing against people in general because people cheat, and people are just generally terrible in general. That's why, generally speaking, I don't I don't play online. No. I I don't like playing online. I I truly don't. Mm -hmm. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> I had a thought. Um, well, it all started. Back uh, back in 1929, uh, when we were talking about the uh, Black Tuesday, <laughs> Black bad, Tuesday, bad bad day, a bad bad day in, in history. Generally speaking, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. We're talking about Free Comic Book Day and games, Free Comic games, Book Day. games nowadays versus back then. People but, um, having trouble with uh, Super Mario Brothers. So my brother and uh, his niece stopped, or my niece stopped by, and she had played the Punch Out on the mm -hmm. Wii, the remake. Oh sure, and yeah. she loved it. She's like, I've always wanted to play the original one, and it was it was just so fascinating to me watching her try to beat Glass Joe, and like getting her butt kicked. Like she didn't understand how to dodge, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, the original Punch Out and the remake function exactly the same. She's played Super Punch Out too. You have to hold up and hit the button to punch. You know, punch high and you dodge and stuff. And I'm thinking, but. She also played with motion controls, I think, on the Wii. Mm. Now that I think about well, it. Well, not there is also a very like different feel to the game. Like, especially with those to like punch the old one versus the new one. Mm -hmm. The new one is so smooth in comparison to like the like the NES game. And like I'm not saying like the NES game is choppy or anything like that, but like There's a weirdly stiff. They're they are very different in the way like it feels. Because oh, like because yeah. obviously the hardware yeah. It makes a huge difference for that. Oh yeah. So, but I mean, she did eventually grasp it, and she got she kicked Glass Joe's butt. I think she beat Von Kaiser. Oh no! Wait, I remember she lost a decision by on Glass Joe. Lost on decision lost by decision against Glass Joe. By the way, you can lose by decision <laughs> to Glass Joe. Yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't think that was possible. Um, Wow! Sorry, that's gotta be that's gotta be an accomplishment. Like oh, that, man. if if games could be retrofitted for trophies, that would be one that of would them. be a trophy. Lose by decision to Glass Joe. 
That would be a silver trophy, in my opinion. Holy cow, that would be a hard one to actually get. <laughs> I'm about to say, it's hard. I can't. I don't even know how you lose by decision. It's just I getting think, knocked down more and taking you, more damage? Yeah, you either have to take more damage and just not throw a punch and just make it to the end of the match. Wow. I guess. That's funny. Oh, my God. I wonder if there's a run you could do where you just have to win every match by decision. Do you think you could do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. You think you could pull that off? Probably. God, that because would be... all all it would just be is knock him down twice and then just don't don't take damage and then just let all the all the, all the rounds go the by. rounds go by. I feel like that would be easier said than done it, against it, some of these guys. It, against some of them, yeah, it might you're be, dodging yeah. would have to be like perfect the entire time. It would, yeah, it would have to be. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that was so, but that yeah, was it's... my one memory from this past uh, free comic book day was watching her play punch out and and start to put together the pieces of how to beat people mm-hmm. and. It was just very fascinating to me. I always love that kind of stuff. Well, and one of my uh, one of my my favorite memories from this past uh, free comic book day was um, there was a, a, a young kid playing uh, Super Mario Brothers three, mm-hmm. and so and and he didn't know like like any of the secrets and stuff like that, and so it showed him like where the warp whistle was in in uh, World One three. And where the warp whistle was in the uh, in the castle in World One, and so when you use the warp whistle on the warps, like when you use it at first, it'll take you to the warp screen. Right. But then if you use the whistle again on the warp screen, it'll automatically take you to to the to next World tier. Eight. Yeah. Well, no, not to the next tier, to the final. To, oh, doesn't really. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I did that, and basically then was like okay and now you're in world eight you are in the last level of the game <laughs> and the look on his face was just like i'm at the last level of the game <laughs> yeah right and it's just like yeah you're you're a nintendo pro and it's like <laughs> it's just like that that feeling of like i accomplished something and i can go home now and i am super happy about this that's because there's there really aren't things like that in games anymore no, where there there's really like isn't. secrets to skip all sorts of levels and mm-hmm. stuff you know, it is really, that's kind of a, a foreign concept now. But I suppose a lot of games these days aren't really stage-based like that anymore. No, they're, n- they're not stage-based. But um, even if they were, I'm, I'm willing to bet that you probably could get, like, a warp whistle in one of the games, but it would probably cost you, like, nine ninety nine and DLC. <laughs> well, if it's EA anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Frickin' EA with their DLC. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's another thing, too. I remember when, like, even just... Not not uh, Nintendo, but like PlayStation Three games, like when everything was included in the game, and if there was like a DLC pack or something like that, it was basically above and beyond stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it was, it, there was so much like other stuff that you could that you could get. Yeah. Um. But nowadays, it almost feels like the DLC is like stuff that was supposed to be in the game that they're just basically charging. Like. Yeah. M- just additional you're you're essentially paying sixty dollars for half a game exactly and now you have to microtransact to get the rest of to it to get the rest of the game that was that one was thing to be yeah, yeah kevin and i discussed that at one point a while back about how like this era of gaming is is let's put out half of a thought see how it does and then give them the rest when they when we feel like it yeah mm-hmm. but if you also adjust like prices for nes games like with inflation they actually cost more than modern games do it's true. A lot they, of NES yeah, games did cost yeah, a lot. Did. Yeah, like, did. for, like, what was, like, 50 or 60 bucks for, you know, those systems 
It, it ends up being like 80 or 90 for modern, so we're paying less for games now than we used to. Yeah, but you also have to think about what goes into making a game and the supplies and stuff like that. They're cheap as as can be. Well, a lot of companies now don't even have to put out a physical copy. No, and they don't. So, I mean, their cuts a cost right there. Yeah. That's why a lot of those, a lot of other developers, just their games are $30, 40 as opposed to 60 or 70 because it's, I'm not paying for materials. But, but yeah, and supply and demand. I remember when Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers 3 was um, in stores and stores were charging like sixty nine ninety nine for that game. Mm-hmm. Well, I was saying there were... Super Nintendo games back like when they came Earthbound out was ridiculous, yeah. and like all their like N sixty four games were crazy too. Yeah, those were normally seventy bucks, I think. And Ban- what was it, Banjo Kazooie with the the, the expansion cart was mm. what eighty, ninety, maybe, maybe something was, ridiculous yeah. like that. Yeah, games used to be super. Well, it's that's it always cracks me off. That's like I always hear people bitching that like yeah, games are expensive. They're expensive. They're expensive. I'm like, it's in the grand scheme of things, they are not. Now, granted, yeah, like. Some companies, like, oh God, what is it? Like, Koei is pretty bad for it. Oh, we're going to release 50 different fucking costume packs for Dynasty Warriors, thir- you know, <laughs> and each one of them is going to cost, like, two bucks. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, when you're looking at it like that, that in, on, like, a Super Nintendo or PS1 game, that would have been unlockable content. But at the same time, you also wouldn't have 200 characters yeah. to be able yeah, to play you as. Be able to, yeah. I mean, I fall for that every time, to be honest with you. Like, in the Tales games, I always... I'm just like, ah, oh, it's a few dollars to make them look cooler. Like, yeah. I always buy the stupid little costumes. Believe me, packs. I've been going back and forth on uh, Berseria <laughs> for that. I'm like, I want these costume packs. I don't want to pay yeah, that. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I do it a lot for some reason, just because it's... I, I like games that do it for aesthetic rather than... Yeah. Like, Necessity. part of it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um... Speaking of that, actually, uh, what do you guys... Did you watch the new Final Fantasy VII trailer? Yeah. That new one? What did you think? It looks really pretty. It looks pretty. I have... Okay, and I'm just going to say this because I don't know if you guys have seen it. I have no issue with the way Barrett speaks. I heard that there's a big hubbub about that. How does he speak? I don't really well, remember. He, so, is it like... Remember in like the original game, Barrett always spoke in the yo's and stuff like that. Yeah. And, well, I guess people... Who have never played FF7 are now taking offense to are it. Are taking offense to it because it's speaking in a ter- oh. stereotypical way for like you know, a, a, yeah, for yeah. a black man. And it's like, well, you've never played the game. You don't know what type of character he is. Barrett is by far the most like likable character. And in there. He's, he's, I love Barrett. He's, from... he's, he's a leader. He's the the leader of a resistance. He has his own business, which is doing amazing. He is raising his friends kid as his own yeah. after both her parents die well mom died and then later you find out dying's still alive and then he dies but yeah and like <laughs> i hated that scene and like yeah like he's doing all this shit like compared to cloud barrett is fucking amazing well, and cloud even, is this little emo shit that needs to be shut up <laughs> and even back then i mean uh people when final fantasy 7 came out they didn't have a problem with how Barrett was talking, and Barrett was actually one of the most beloved characters from, I would say, all of the Final Fantasy although, series. Although I didn't know this, apparently, when what is it the when it was re-released at one point, they only had a very short time to, when it was originally released. They only had a short time to translate the game. Yeah, one was, uh, single person did like it within three like months. Two, no, two weeks. And like Jesus Christ. so, like they there is actually like the newer versions that have been released on like PS4 and I think Switch have all of the retranslated dialogue. So if you actually go back through and play it, the dialogue is not how you remember it. 
Oh, like when he talks about the big old pizza? <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, like, I guess they, they fixed, like, audio bugs and stuff yeah. like that. Like, like, so they've actually, like, re-releases of FF7 have actually fixed a lot of, like, the issues with the original versions. <laughs> Apparently they didn't fix the graphics, because the game is still ugly as sin. It was... For the time, it wasn't great. I, Even at the time, it was ugly as fuck, dude. See, I didn't have an issue with it. I mean, at the time, I didn't either. Until, like, FF8 came out, and then I saw how they looked, and I'm like, dude, FF7 looks like trash. Okay, yeah, but that's <laughs> that was still, like, their first full push to that style. It was the first 3D. That was the first 3D Final Fantasy game. So, yeah. Um, yeah, back to the, the, the trailer for the remake. I think it looks really good, and honestly, I'm actually impressed with the voices they picked. And I got, like, although the, the voices for this trailer were different than the voices in the original remake trailer. Really? And, like, there's been other graphic upgrades and stuff like that. So, I don't know. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Although they haven't... kind of worried because they haven't really talked about if they're still doing episodic or not. It probably is. I'm, I'm so, willing to bet it's going to be broken down by disc. So what? it's disc one's gonna be sixty, disc two is gonna be sixty, disc three is gonna be sixty. Although disc three maybe not, because disc three was really only. Well, we gotta remember they're also on. rearranging and expanding on the story. Oh, maybe then. So who knows? But it's one of those things where it's, I'm excited for it. I I really like the way Cloud looks. I I think his his design is actually really cool. But I just I, for some reason I just can't stop thinking about it. A Final Fantasy VII a PC port. Oh, 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 oh. oh my god! <laughs> oh. <laughs> what a slap in the face that one was! Oh my god! That was so great. <laughs> Just the way that he said PC port, and then how he laughed. It was like such a belly gusting or belly busting laugh. And he's like puts his hands on his belly and he looks back like and he's laughing. Oh, 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 oh. It's like yeah. We were really a fool to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, although speaking about the remake, I do have a quite like. Did you the, in the trailer? Did you see him use cross slash? Maybe. So, I, I don't know. I I watched it very briefly, and that's I don't know if like I my it. the thing I'm wor- like worried about with this one. Turn based games lend themselves to like abilities like that, and the summons. How is that going to work in a game that's going to be real-time combat now? That's right. They're going completely away from the ATB, aren't they? Yeah. So, so like, what's it going to play more, like Tails? See, I don't know if it's going to play more like Crisis Core or 15. Oh, maybe. And, like, the other big question is, like, so are they going to do the Final Fantasy, what was it, 12 version, where when you do a summon, it replaces the characters and stays out and fights for a bit? Are they doing the, it's, okay, it'll just pause combat... And then you watch a cinematic, and then it just goes, or... I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I'll... Because, I mean, I I can't imagine doing Knights of the Round. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then getting rid of stuff like, so what is it, Mime and 4X Summon and stuff like that? I have a feeling they would would break that. They would not let that cycle happen. That was the best thing ever, though. That was so stupid. You ever sat through that, Paul? Mm -mm. Knights of the Round is... It's not as bad as Eden. From FF8. Eden is the worst thing. It's like a half hour. (laughs) FF8, the final summon you could get was Eden. It was literally a three and a half minute summon. (laughs) It literally three and a half minutes. minutes Every time you summoned it. Yeah, every time you summoned it. 
It was. Oh. If you didn't max out the boost on that thing, you, you suck. Yeah, you could fail that boost like six times and still get two fifty five. But Knights of the Round was about maybe a minute to a minute and a half. But you could also mimic double summon. You could double summon, so you had W summon. You could summon it twice in a row, and you could have characters use mime, which copy the previous thing, so you could do it four times in a row. It was ridiculous. It was the most broken shit you'd ever seen. Oh, wow. That's why I... I... <sighs> Sorry, Kazzy. <laughs> I know you love Final Fantasy VII, but oh. I do not have a sentimental bone for it. I thought the game... It's not as good as I, as people tout it to be. You think it's overrated, huh? As hell. I, I, I do wow. not... I did not like it as much as I liked 8 or 9. See, I to say, I'm in like the odd one out because I loved 8 and everyone else seems to hate 8, so... I think because there's so... People are so... It's uh, very divisive. Yeah, they're so divisive on, like, is is he dead? Is he not dead? Like, what... Well, is not just that. Is? It's like after... 7 did kind of set a standard mm-hmm. and then 8 basically said, yeah, fuck that standard, we're doing this instead. But see, eight, eight. I feel took so much from seven. Eight, like Squall was just a more whiny cloud. Yeah, that's because he actually talked <laughs> instead of just nodding. And at least Squall was Squall in this one, or whatever. His memories were his, or whatever the fuck. No, they weren't. Uh, no, they weren't. Cause they all grew up in the orphanage. But nobody remembered. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to space. Space. But uh, like seven, just. I'll admit, seven made more sense when we got the whole story, like through Crisis Core and and all that. Like it, yeah. the story made a lot more sense. Crisis Core was better than seven. I agree, actually. But it's like seven. I don't know. Like I, I, I know it was pivotal in gaming when Eris died, because that was to a lot of people the first time they've ever killed off a main character, which is mm. completely unfounded because they've done that in games before many many times. I mean, Fantasy Star 4 did it with one of the main characters. Chrono Trigger, you lost the main character, and you could keep him dead if you wanted. Yeah. So it's like it wasn't the first time a main character actually perished and s- stayed perished. Um, but people, for some reason, credit Final Fantasy 7 as killing off a main character as, like, one of the first. Um, where was I going with this? <laughs> seven. Oh, it's, but I, I just... Something about 7 just... I, did, I, I don't know what it was. See, to be honest... As far as PS1 era RPGs go, Xenogears blows yeah. it out of the water. And that was actually supposed to be a Final Fantasy game. Yeah, I remember until, you saying that. Until I get it was either it was too different and it touched on subjects they didn't want to touch on or something like that. But well, wasn't so it, it very religious? It's and political. Yeah. So I could see in that era. So they were just kind of like, yeah, this isn't Final Fantasy, but you can still do it. So. Mm-hmm. And then like um, Legend of Dragoon. Beats FF7. Dragoon I didn't care for. Volcano! Yeah, you could shut that off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it just... I don't know. FF8 was good. I, I liked I 8 because it was more of a love story. It wasn't so much focused on... Ooh, I'm, I'm a whiny kid and I, I hate this guy. <laughs> you know? it's just You stink, mister. You stink, well, mister. It's, it's, to be honest, 8 just reminds me of you two. What do you mean? What? Your squall... He's Cypher. Yeah, that's true. Douchebag rivals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm alright. I'm well, they're, at the they're, end. So. They're, they're best friends slash I hate you. I'm always going to one-up you. Frenemies. That, I mean, that, that was the whole thing. Like, you got to remember. Oh they were God. both... They it's were like looking in a mirror. 
They were the only two in the academy with gun blades. As soon as Cypher cuts Squall, Squall cuts Cypher in the opposite way. Um, I always wish you got Cypher as part of your team. Yeah, for he's better than Rajan and Fujin, so of course that's true. Well, those but, are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but, nine, yeah. nine, I really, really enjoyed, but that was more because I liked the system, like the battle system and the equipment system, and how you got skills through the equipment rather than. Like, the junction system, I'm sorry, was completely stupid in FF8. Now, the GFs just, were if, if it fucking wasn't, dumb. The only thing that holds the junction system back is it's too slow to build. Even that, like, you could overpower yourself so early in the game. Well, yeah, that's the and point. it was so time-consuming. FF7, the materia system, was okay, but goddamn was it a grind to get those fucking, like, materia to level up. And it's just, I... And then you had to worry about what equipment you had on to triple the growth and all this other shit, so you were hindering yourself power-wise. It was just... I didn't I didn't like the materia system, either. Like, FF9, I thought, did it really well. So it's like, in a weird way, the story was here nor there. I couldn't care two shits about Not the story. the character Ooh. designs. And, ugh. I, I loved Vivi. I loved Freya. I thought she was cool so as shit. Zidane went Super Saiyan. But, I mean, Zidane is... Oh, the bad guy's Kuja, the bad guy's Kuja, the bad guy's Kuja. Who the fuck is Necron? <laughs> like, <laughs> who is this? And then he's your last boss, which you can't even lose against. It was completely stupid. Well, you can't lose against the actual final boss in 7, either. Well, I don't consider when to, Sephiroth When you go the to the one-on-one -on -one fight with yeah. Sephiroth, you think, automatically get Omni Slash, you automatically yeah. get the limit bar. You cannot lose that fight. I feel like Safer Sephiroth is the actual true final boss. That's more of a cinematic, symbolic mm. fight. Like, the fight against Necron is a legitimate final boss. All of your characters have re-raise. All of your characters have regeneration. So it's like you literally can't lose. Mm. But maybe that one's kind of the same thing. It's more symbolic than anything, because Kuja technically would be your final fight. I don't know. It was very... Nine was bizarre. But... I digress. Three times. Seven. It's like a digress inside a digress inside of a, oh, a, a, a digress. This is like Inception, Inception. of Minds. Yeah. Free comic book day. I don't know. I don't know. Oh my else. god, is that what we were talking about? <laughs> Whoa. This has been a very roller coaster of an episode. Um, I honestly don't have much more to say on it. I love going. I look extremely forward to going again next year. I love Rockheads. I love going. It's it's such a great a great thing. I'm glad we were invited. So, what would you want to do differently if uh, when if and when we go back to uh, to Rockheads for Free Comic Book Day? How, what do you want to do that's like different than what we haven't like from what we haven't done? I got one. <laughs> well, I, I I we always only ever bring NES games. Mm -hmm. I would love to do other systems. I remember we tried it one year with a Genesis and a Super Nintendo, and it didn't quite do as much. I feel like it didn't do as much for the channel, but you got a lot more people stopping because there was also games from their childhood yeah. that they remember on the Sega and the Super Nintendo as well, too. Mario so. Kart. I mean, oh, yeah. good God. Even Sonic the Hedgehog had quite a few lookers. Mm -hmm. We need more TVs. <laughs> we only ever have the TVs. The two, so we should have two NES, a Genesis, and a Super Nintendo, so that's four televisions set up. Yeah. God, that'd get crowded. It, it, I was going to say, it does get crowded, though. That's the only problem. Well, we'll figure something out. But uh, did I steal yours? I'm Let's, sorry. That's my big thing is, like, either drifting away and doing, yeah, Genesis, all this stuff like that. I would obviously try to stick to cart-based stuff and not CD. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, obviously. Or do the other thing is, instead of bringing two NESs, do NES, Super NES, and N64. 
Oh, no, so the pro- strictly Nintendo. Oh. Do the progression yeah. of the systems. The evolution of Nintendo. Goldeneye. Oh my god. Do you even think anybody would want to play Goldeneye right now? Oh uh, yeah, no. I can beat Streets. Streets 112, <laughs> baby! I'm a fucking legend! I am a legend. <laughs> so I'm gonna I say skip 113, and I'm not I'm never gonna see 113. I'm 112, baby. 112 to the day I fucking die. So I've been I've been imagining my best man speech at your wedding for years. <laughs> And now I know what to put in it. I'm going to recite. Oh, no. And one of the lines in there, I'm not going to give away my whole speech, but one of them, gonna have I'm going to reference line. that very wonderful fucking piece of scripture, Streets 112, I am a fucking legend. <laughs> <laughs> and God says, Streets 112, I am a fucking legend. Your family might not appreciate it, but I know you will. <laughs> He said it, and he knew it was good. <laughs> he knew it was good. Body armor. Look at that. Double tap. Double tap. <laughs> I already know I'm getting there on the perfect line. Oh, my God. Look at this line I'm making. Oh, man. Look up Streets 112 in YouTube. It's funny <laughs> oh as hell. My God. That was so great. No, I really like that idea about, like, uh, doing a, uh, like, the evolution of it. But, yeah, no, I, I think that... Um, as far as like N64 Goldeneye like that's one of those games where people back when it came out people played the hell out of that game people love the hell out of that game I think people still think fondly on that game however if they saw that game now on an N64 that game has not aged gracefully it, it is looks terrible and it's mm. almost borderline at least to me it's almost borderline unplayable well especially mm. now if you're used to like dual stick for one to look one to move yes that's not how it was it was move with the analog and then like up down with like arrows and stuff it was weird yeah unless yeah, you were bizarre unless you were holding the the thing to and get the reticle up and then you could move that with the analog stick but you didn't move when no. that was going on god i forgot about that that was such a and then you play odd job and duck and no one can hit you yep exactly <laughs> you bunch of dicks God, fucking, fucking golden eye. Perfect Dark was better. Perfect Dark was Nintendo as well. Honestly, I didn't. Uh, oh, oh, that's it was, right. It was rare. It's yeah. the same company. Oh yeah. yeah. I actually, to be honest, didn't play much on sixty four other than like Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and <gasps> Jet Force Gemini. Jet Force Gemini, Armorines. You were more of a PlayStation kid, weren't you? Uh, Dreamcast and Saturn. Re- oh, that's right, uh, Saturn. Yeah. yeah, they had all the systems that failed. Yeah, yeah, and yet. It's cult classic followings now. And yet... People love the shit out of them. They're still making games for Dreamcast. And and yet... Yeah. Where are all your Sega Saturn cases? Whoopsies. Ooh, <laughs> I have the ones that matter. <laughs> Panzer Dragon Saga, Dragon Force. Albert Odyssey? Albert Odyssey. You don't have a case for Albert Odyssey? Yes, oh, you do? Oh, yeah, I bought that one a lot. Shining Wisdom, Shining the Holy Ark. Oh, that was okay. when I went back on my I'm now going to recapture games that I, I remember playing as a kid but oh, never actually gotcha. bought, and now I have all those cases. Oh, gotcha. I just don't have the case for Guardian Heroes, and that was that's a mistake. That's what it is. Guardian <laughs> Heroes is what I was thinking. Yeah. Dark Savior, that's another one that didn't uh, didn't survive the purge. Oh. <laughs> so I still can't believe you guys did that. So well, you had to understand. You're an idiot. Back then... No, you were an idiot. They took up so much room. I know. We didn't have the space for all those fucking cases. You should have. You should uh, have. I would have just put them in a box and then put the discs in the binder like you did. 
you know, we had all the cases and boxes set off to the side at one point, and I think my dad at one point just eventually just threw the bin out. That was that was oh, that was a mistake. Oh, you're your troubles. That was stupid. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, if you could take any game from PS One or well, what was it, PS Two or earlier, and get it the the remake treatment that Final Fantasy Seven is getting. Fantasy Star Four. Okay. Why? It's one of my favorite RPGs of all time. It's one of my. Do it, you think it would survive? transitioning from that style to a modern style though oh absolutely it's because fantasy star is the series that kind of got me into star ocean i love the star ocean series oh, beyond yeah. anything like i well i wouldn't say anything because zelda technically is one of my favorite series but as far as like core rpgs go Fantasy or the Star Ocean games are awesome because I love that blend of sci-fi, but yet still swords and magic and shit like that. Just like Xenosaga, I love. Um, but Fantasy Star Four was the first one that ever introduced that concept to me of like the robot robots robot you know, <laughs> like robots and magic and all that shit. And it was it was just such a beautiful game, and the way they tied together that series was just. It was magical. I think it would do really well. What about you, Paul? As far as like a, a remake, like HD of ground up, f- fully rebuilt for modern systems. Kind of like what they're doing for FF Seven, PlayStation Two, or, or earlier, or earlier. It could be anything PS Two or earlier. Well, he's thinking. So, what about you? That's yeah. That's such a tough question. <laughs> See, for me. Xenogears, because I would love to see the true ending that that because wasn't disc three rushed or whatever. There's only two discs. I'm sorry, the ending was rushed. So basically, like they were developing it, and then they were basically told, "You have no more money. We're not going to fund it anymore. This game needs to get out now." So basically, the entire second half of Xenogears is basically a visual novel. It's just you reading, and like there were supposed to be entire segments you were supposed to go and do. I would love to see everything that they were planning uh, with modern graphics and being able to control the, the, the gears in like, like that style. It'd be mm-hmm. amazing. You know, that's one thing that always dis- uh, that's always like super disheartening is when you see franchises that kind of drop off before they're concluded. Too Human was one where it's like the first game set up such a good series and a good concept, but like... That what happened to that? Um, like that entire series, like because they game. used the they used the engine, and they weren't licensed to use the engine, so they lost a lawsuit. Ouch! So they that developer went bye bye. Uh, <laughs> Who was the developer for that one? Do you remember? Um, no, you, so, I can just look it up. Yeah, I'm, I'm I can't idiot. remember. All right. Well, anyway, what about you, Paul? So, so a game reimagined from the ground up. I think. This one had so much potential, and I really wish that they would go back to the series, but obviously they never will. But the original Clock Tower, I honestly think that that Oh my game, god, that could be amazing nowadays. Oh, absolutely. And and not and I'm I'm not saying like uh, first fear. I'm I'm saying like the the very first uh, PlayStation one that we got, Clock Tower one, with. Uh, but I just I feel like seeing Scissor Man would like it really has a lot of potential the story the the absolute sheer <laughs> panic 
Scissor Man. Yeah, oh, sick. Oh, uh, I did there. Sick burn, bro. Um, I just I feel like there's so much potential, and it's just they could go back to it and really make it just an incredible, like, just survival horror game. I feel like that, like that game. But, like, in the way they did Resident Evil 7... The VR. Like, the VR or that first person would translate beautifully. Oh, absolutely. And then do, like, eventually, if they ever did, do, like, a haptic system where you could, like, touch... And you get, like, the scissors through the chest or whatever and your thing shrinks when you're hiding in the closet. That would be so cool. Oh, my God. That would be terrifying. That would be cool. Could you imagine just walking and all of a sudden the scissors just come through the walls? Just that would be so neat to see, especially since this is such an era of jump scares and you know stuff like mm-hmm. that. I mean, what would be more terrifying than hiding in a closet to see Scissorman coming and hearing those shears and the fucking surround sound just coming by you and then leaving, and then he comes back and gets you you're like, oh fuck! Or like you're oh, hiding in the bathroom and he jumps through the freaking yeah. shower door, like yeah, and then stabs you. Oh god. That would be so cool. That's a good one. I like and there that. was there was nothing quite like, and it still terrifies me to this day. The times where I would be like in like a box or something like that, a cardboard box, and Scissor Man's kind of like walking around it, and he like starts turning around, but then it's like he slowly comes back to it, and then you just see the the shears, and when they go down, it's like you just want to just like scream. Yeah, you're just like no, <laughs> I was hiding. You were supposed to find me! That's awesome. Yeah, that um, would be a good one. I, w- I would like to see so that. So I, I truly think that it's, like, the whole, like, uh, Clock Tower series, like, it's one that they could go back to, but it's so obscure at this point that I don't think that they would ever, ever seriously consider, like, yeah. uh, there's no way that they would ever make a remake of it, so. I could almost see them doing, like, a Fatal Frame. With like, like on the switch or something where you Fatal like would be interesting because yeah. you had to take pictures, pictures with the camera obscura mm-hmm. or whatever and you could like mm-hmm. with the that's tablet you, or something you even you could take the picture it yeah. would be really neat you, yeah you revealed the ghost that way yeah. and made them uh, you would kill them basically by yeah. taking their picture that would be really neat to see okay what's a game you think like you would like to see another one in a series like there are so many series that have ended like I said Fantasy Star that the well the online games haven't ended, but the main series games did. But that's not my choice. But uh, what game would you like to see them like pick up and continue? Kind of like what they did with Mega Man. How yeah, Mega Man me, all of a easy. sudden got 9, 10, 11. Like, that's so easy for me. Yeah? Legacy of Kane. That yeah, story right. still isn't finished, and we're never going to see the sequel. Ugh. Yeah. And, I mean, the last game was PS2. I mean, granted, they did, like, Nazgoth, which was a competitive shooter for PC, but that Lame. doesn't count. And then, like, the one game that was being developed for 360 and PS3, I think it was, mm-hmm. got canceled. So it's like, but yeah. that's the story, like, the game, that the story of Kane and Raziel isn't even finished, and... That's so, yeah. yeah. So, it, it sucks. That's a tough one, even for me, actually, now that I was thinking about it. Because, like, the, especially in the PS2 era, you had the Wild Arms games. Yeah, they they had five Wild Arms games. They had five Sokoden games. Well, five main series, and then they had Sokoden Tactics and shit. Grandia is another series that would be awesome to see another one of. Breath of Fire, even. Ended, oh, yeah, ended with five Dragon Quarter, which was an unfortunate ending. <laughs> but, like, there's so yeah, many don't good... Don't you love the D-cells? Oh, shit, the D-dive <laughs> system. What a... You know... I did like Dragon Quarter. I really did. 
Or I wanted to, anyway. I kind of liked the concept of you play up to a certain point, you died. Your next time through, things were mildly different because, like, yeah. different aspects of the story you got it. But it just became so repetitive. It became tedious, and it was time management, and I hated it. But I, I wanted to love it more than I actually did. But, uh, you know, I'm going to say Wild Arms, actually. I would yeah. love to see a Wild Arms 6. Because I've always liked that... The Western. The Western style. with. The, but I want them to go back to true turn base, not the hex system. Yeah, which they we, went to with 4 and 5. I hate that. I didn't like it either. It got really goofy. But, um... I would love to see the turn base again for uh, for a Wild Arms 6. That western, magical, the golems and shit. Like, that was so cool. What about you, Paul? Silent it, Hill. It's an easy one. Yeah, Silent Hill. <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of anything else, like, immediately that I'm just so gung-ho. Like, I want to see, a, like, a, a new game in the series made. Pokemon! <laughs> no. Um, Silent Hill, just for the fact that I, there's still a ton of potential there, and obviously when they had uh, whetted our appetites with Silent Hills back in 2014, mm-hmm. um, it showed that there was still plenty of life in the series, and that there was still plenty that they could do, many different ways that they could take the series, and um, now that Konami just kind of has the rights and is just letting the IP just kind of waste away. Um, I, I feel like they need to capitalize on it. They need to not just make a damn pachinko machine with Silent Hill <laughs> graphics on it. Yeah. Um, they need to make a new entry in the Silent Hill series. Um, I feel like what they were going to do with Silent Hills as well, being the plural that it was, I think they were going to try to be, they they were going to try to actually tie everything into a larger universe, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. all of these anthology type stories where it's each one, with the exception of one and three, having like being a direct sequel to uh, three being the direct sequel to to one, um, but each story was in and of itself its own self-contained story where there may have been Easter eggs in. Um, in, in each one so that there's kind of nods to the universe existing, but I think Silent Hills was actually going to try to explain that even though these are all different stories, it's all taking place in the same universe, yeah. and this is how we're going to connect those dots. Um, and, so, and I still think that they could do that, and it would still... I don't think it would diminish the quality of the past games. Absolutely I think not. It would, I think it would enhance, and people would actually love to go back to those old stories, knowing that that's what they were, that they were doing. Um, I just feel like there's so much opportunity with it that it's just... It's, it's completely wasted in the hands of Konami. I agree. And, and it's always one of those things where it's like, I love... What Konami has done in the past, but I will never, ever again support Konami because of how bad they are with managing their IPs and mm. what they've done. It's they are the true definition of cutting off their nose to spite their face. Like it's just that's literally what well, it boils at, down to. At this point, they're also doing everything that they can to try to rub dirt in Kojima's in well, that's, face. Well, that's what I mean. They're literally like, cutting Everything off, they can do to They're just... literally cutting off their nose despite their face. Like, it, they think that they're getting back at Kojima by doing what they're doing when it comes to, like, the Metal Gear franchise. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you are literally only hurting yourselves and the fans yeah. who want more Metal Gear Solid games. 
you are literally, because Kojima was working on Silent Hills uh, with Guillermo del Toro, you are literally, you think that you're you're kind of rubbing it in his face that Silent Hill, or, or, or a Silent Hills and Silent Hill story is not going to come out. You are literally only hurting yourself and your fans. Who are you trying to hurt? Yeah. Are you trying to hurt Kojima? Well, you're not doing a really good job because he just went right on to <laughs> yeah, Death Stranding <laughs> with Guillermo del Toro and Norman Reedus. They just found a different outlet to do it. Like, yeah. it, it just it it blows my mind where their mentality is. But then again, um, and this is kind of going off on a tangent, but this is the reason why Sega failed so miserably is because. Sega of Japan, they, they, their ways of wanting to hold leadership and and be the successful one, really comes back to just destroy them. Sega of Japan and Sega of America just could not see eye to eye. So instead of working together, in order to destroy Nintendo, which actually at the time that's what they were doing, yeah, they were they winning. literally fought because it was literally an us versus them mentality, and they could not stand one being more successful than the other. Actually, I take that back. Um, uh, Tom Kalinske, who was the uh, the president of uh, Sega of America at the time, he really he knew that the only way that we're going to win is if we work together. And he was trying everything he could. Sega of Japan wanted nothing to do with that. They wanted to be the the famous one. They wanted to be the more uh, the the more lucrative, uh, successful uh, company. They didn't want Sega of America taking over, which unfortunately it was, and so they did everything they could to just kind of queer everything up, and it just did not. It, it didn't. It didn't work out, and obviously yeah. history has shown that it obviously didn't work out. So, <laughs> um, but yeah. Konami is just. I I will never understand that mentality <clears throat> of who they think well. they're trying to hurt because they're hurting us as a result of it. So, so yes. As predictable as it was, Silent Hill. <laughs> Silent Hill all the way needs to be revisited. It's been five years since we've gotten a... Well, technically five years since we've gotten a Silent Hill game. However, it's been a true seven years since we've actually gotten an official Silent Hill game. Damn. That is sad. 2012 is when uh, Downpour came out. But you never know. I mean, as time has shown, ten years passed and we got sequels to games we never thought were coming out. So... MVC three, ten was, years. It was twenty eleven. Yeah, that MVC three came out. Yeah, mm. yeah. And look at what they did with that. <laughs> One of our big, well, my biggest gaming disappointments. But it, it, yeah, for I, me, it was. I just remember playing it when it first came out, and I was just so like enthused with it, and. Uh, I liked it for about a week, but I really, yeah, you know, I did too. and it's funny because it's I just, thought I always pictured myself as a fighting game guy. Like I liked fighting games. I really don't. <laughs> I used to be. I used yeah, to be huge. Like, when I was a kid, like, I mean, you had Mortal Kombat, Killer Instinct, Street Fighter. That was really the golden age of fighting yeah. games back then when I was a kid. And so I was like, I love fighting games. And then I think after PlayStation 1, I just kind of started falling away from fighting games because it just wasn't mm -hmm. the same. It was more so about fighting, like, online and playing people online. It's like... I didn't really care for that whole aspect of it. Yeah. It was, I don't know. That's just me, I guess. I know, obviously, the fighting game thing is huge. It's one of the biggest competitive things. Oh, like the sure. Tekkens and shit like that. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got. 
That's all I got. Unless either of you guys have something else. No, I can't think of anything. At least not for this. No, we should probably just end it right here. Yeah. Don't worry, I'll cut out this little bit. We should probably just end it right here. <laughs> hey, Paul, you think we should end it right here? We probably should. Let's throw the ending in. <laughs> All right. Well, we hopefully, should probably just end it oh, here. Oh, you fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Well, what are some what are some series you guys wish would get revitalized or get the remake treatment? What are games you wish? I don't know. Oh my god, you're really having some trouble here. So tell well, us. Well, the only one working. What? I'm the only one doing the heavy I'm lifting. I'm the only one doing the heavy lifting. Well, maybe Thank if you, you. freaking lifted some weights once in a while, it wouldn't be so hard to do the heavy lifting. And you lift weights, and you're terrible. I do, and I'm bad at it. You are. No, uh, tell us, like, what games are are in your mind? Like, what games are you most nostalgic for? What system was your favorite? A lot of people talk about the Nintendo. Personally, mine, which actually shocks a lot of people, I would say Super Nintendo is actually my favorite system of all time. It's not Nintendo, even though mm-hmm. I have a lot of nostalgia for Nintendo. Super Nintendo was by far my favorite system of all time. I love all the games. But were you a Sega kid? Were you a Nintendo kid? Were, what, what system was your absolute favorite? What's the one that transports you back in time once you see it, once you start playing it, and it just kind of brings you back to those easier times. What game is it that you plug it in, you see that screen, and you're you're no matter what, you could just plug it in and play it forever. Like, your eyes light up, like Symphony of the Night, where it's like, no matter how many times I turn that game on, I, I know I'm in for a good time. What game is it? <laughs> what is it? What is it? Blood. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> uh, but yes, there's, I mean, there you go. Hit us up on Facebook. <laughs> Hit us up on Twitter. Go to powertripgaming.tv. Takes you right to our YouTube channel where you can watch us play our way through the Nest library of 678 games. And oh, shit. You can watch us make complete and utter fools of ourselves. You're already listening to us do it. You Why are. not see it? Every time, <laughs> and without fail, we will sound like absolute morons. Especially in this episode, because this one had no concrete fucking uh, focal point. Correct. Whew, this was just one giant tangent. This was painful. Wow. Only got one thing to say. What's that? I'm sorry you people had to listen to this. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey. I come across the Sith every other day. <laughs> oh, Kill it. Kill it. We're done. Next time. Well, not next time. Um, it's a war of attrition. <laughs> Save me, Obi-Swan Kenobi. <laughs> oh, I could really, really go for an Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, man. You can find us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to us on this, I guess. You're already listening to us. And you can see, uh, listen to it on YouTube. That's well. right. I post these on YouTube. You don't see anything, but you can hear it. <laughs> you may not see us, but we're there. <laughs> always there, listening. Like Alexa or Siri. Just always listening. Always watching. <laughs> you never know. One day we're going to be in your mailbox. All right. Okay, can we just... No. You just, you we're just, done. You just made it creepy. Right. He just jumped the shark. We're done. <laughs> oh, this is the Power Trip Gaming Powercast. You were listening with, with power. power.
fuck We're me. We're gonna be in your mailbox. <laughs> yeah, that was Why? a little weird. <laughs> Why? <laughs>